0: real water sports look come on winter's coming up winter is almost here well it's fall but the waves are going to be good if they're not already and that means more equipment and lord knows I've got plenty of equipment and you should too i'm talking surfboards fins wetsuits wax deck grip leashes all the gear and really nice clothes
1: um they just released a new series actually called uh, Under the Glass with Brett Barley. And it's the coolest concept I've seen. Brett Barley's ridden super brand surfboards for a decade. And um, that contract has ended and Real Water Sports sponsors Brett as a retail shop. And so they said, hey, we have 1500 boards in inventory. How about you just pick boards out of our inventory that you want to ride and we'll document it and we'll kind of feature that board. So it's an episodic piece. The first episode of Under the Glass is him riding a lost, I forget, it's one of the driver models, the driver 2.0 in the EPS Epoxies episode one. Um, But what a cool concept, not only for real, but for Brett too, in terms of a board sponsor to have a retailer who has that many boards available, just go grab one off the rack and ride it pretty
0: epic that's super good real water sports is the one-stop shop for yeah. hardcore surf gear
1: totally they also have nbs fins by the way who has um been with us as a sponsor for the podcast for probably two years now and uh that's what i ride they have got nbs twins thrusters singles everything quads in my quiver so surfnvs.com to get them directly if you're a shaper and you want to get a custom fin made for one of your board models they can do it with no minimum quantities they could just do one-offs even so that's a cool resource and then you can find them at real water sports as well so
0: and of note you know Jamin and leif made me a custom set of fins and delivered that's them right. a couple of weeks ago so i looking forward to putting those in my board Yeah, guy, yeah, guy. It's been a while since we've said, yeah, guy. And it's far been too long. long.
1: <laughs> far too long. I miss you. I miss doing this. Glad to David be David
0: Scales, Scott Bass with you. Um, and we had a little hiatus. We had the boardroom show. We had some other good personal news that happened. And
1: I don't mind saying it. I got married.
0: Yes. David went to Kauai and got married spent two weeks there or what was it? 10 days or something
1: close to it. Yeah. Close to two weeks, almost two weeks. Um, First time that I missed the boardroom show in one
0: decade. Oh my. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, you, you did it for a good reason, right? I mean, goodness gracious, you're, you're married to your beautiful bride and um, this is a good thing, my friend.
1: It really is. Um, And seeing video and photo of the boardroom show actually made me miss it not that i preferred to be there but i did miss it um but we actually scheduled our wedding dates before the boardroom show dates were released otherwise i would have planned it on a different weekend so that i could have done both things but sorry to any fans that um i normally get to interact with every year and so sorry to miss those guys i heard it was a great success
0: yeah it was a really busy show was it and and tell lauren good news your wedding anniversary will coincide with the boardroom no that's not possible you can just provide her with flowers and gifts at the boardroom
1: it's very funny but you do rotate the dates a little bit and you always do it on a saturday sunday which means we have about right seven years until this happens again
0: exactly no the show was a huge success yeah it was it was um it was it was popping man it was mind-blowingly busy and uh i know all the people that attended enjoyed it and had a great time and of course the exhibitors were were ecstatic with the turnout and and the energy the energy was through the roof what do you attribute the energy to um i mean i think the the shape off is exciting i think that timmy patterson um Brings a lot to the table, and um, and I think you know post COVID people want to get out, and a lot of people haven't been to the boardroom show in a couple of years because of COVID. So a lot of yeah. things um, play into it. Even last and surfboards, last people year, love surfboards.
1: Yeah, last year obviously you pulled it off, uh, and that was first event after kind of the introduction of COVID, uh, but people were still tentative probably. And so this, even at the show, people who did show up to the show, there's a bit of social distancing. So the energy probably was lower. And this year it felt like, you know, things are, people are much more comfortable with going to social events and big events and sporting events and stuff like that. So it was kind of game on, I feel.
0: Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, the shape off was really exciting, you know, like it, it's always really close, but I think when you're doing. Three short boards, it gets really close. You know, it's easy with like a seven, eight gun from, you know, 1990 that has, you know, it's easy to have one of them kind of be way off, you know. Whereas, I don't know, these boards, and maybe it's just that the shapers, I mean, the, the high performance surfboard shapers that were in there were incredible. And um, it went down to the wire on a, I mean, each heat was close and the final jason bennett versus rick rock was pretty incredible and rick rock came out on top it was good stuff
1: so just to set uh the topic and to do a full recap um the icons of foam you pick or yeah the boardroom show picks one shaper to highlight and uh three surfboards among that person's kind of catalog of iconic shapes are selected for shapers to replicate. So that icon of foam who's being honored picks eight shapers to come in, maybe people that they've worked with, people that they've admired, maybe people that they've worked under to come in and replicate these surfboards. They don't know what the surfboards are going to be until the day of, and the three boards are for three different rounds. There's an opening round, whoever wins those head-to-head matchups goes on to the second, replicates the second board, and then the final board, of course, for the final two shapers. And the replicating takes place in a live shaping bay, a glass shaping bay, that the public can watch them shape, which adds an element of pressure. Um, and they're limited to 90 minutes, right? And are they limited in terms of the implements they can use or the measuring or anything like that?
0: No, no. We okay. They can measure the board. They get five minutes to measure the board before they're... 90 minutes begins and they can go outside of the shaping bay during their 90 minutes and kind of feel the board and get, but they can't measure it again. They can only measure it before the event begins before their heat. Got it. Got it. Got it.
1: So how did it all shake out? And what boards were they replicating? Well,
0: So the first board was the ELO gold medal winning board that Timmy made. Yeah. Perfect. And it was, you know, very contemporary surfboard, and I—I um, I should have how 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 shook shook out in front of me. Um, I know that Jason Bennett went on. I know that Robert Weiner went on. I know that um, Rick Rock went on, and um, Tico, well, let's see. Tico from Brazil went on.
1: So Tico took out Matt Kinoshita. Jason Bennett took out Tim Stamps. Rick Rock took out John young John Simon from Ventura. And Robert Weiner took out Japan boardroom show winner uh, Takuto-san.
0: Yeah. Thank you. You got it all right there in front of you. I appreciate that.
1: Yep. Hey, looks like the baby's awake. I'm going to switch studios. Let's go on pause real quick. <laughs> okay.
0: Breakdown. The breakdown. Yeah. And so then they went on to... the the middle board, which was actually a very interesting board. It was a four, I think it was four feet, 10 inches. It was this, like basically one of these little discs, like a bar of soap type board that Timmy had made for Christian Fletcher way back, you know, in the, in the eighties. And um, it had an interesting little like finger groove in it that Christian wanted mm-hmm. so that when he did airs, he could grab and have something to hold on to. And, um, and, and then what was cool is that Christian and Herbie Fletcher showed up and there was some cool moments there guys posing with the board and Christian telling stories and Herbie talking story about the board. And, um, and then it was
1: such a great board to pick, by the way, when I saw the photos on Instagram that were happening, uh, live in real time, I was like, man, nobody, I don't remember anybody ever bringing anything like that to, uh, the icons of foam. And then secondly, it's so unique to Christian and the relationship between Christian and Timmy and Christian's role in the surf world hasn't really been represented at the boardroom show ever. It was just a perfect little detour, you know, and a highly, highly impactful one that we've just never touched on yet.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's, it was really cool. Um, and out of that, uh, Jason Bennett uh, found his way in the finals against Rick Rock. And Jason Bennett from Chemistry. And Jason, by the way, had a really great uh, support crew that was loud and boisterous and into it. And uh, there was a lot of cheering this year, more cheering than I've ever heard. Where, you know, when the winner was announced, it was like it reverberated through the hall. So it was kind of cool in that regard. Super and then cool. Jason had this shape against Rick Rock the final was that Matt Archibald deep six deep channel six uh thruster deep six thruster and um you know that Matt Archibald made famous doing big gouging hacks at off the wall and aerials and it was a board that was featured heavily in surf magazines just because Archie was at his prime like at the peak of archiness, riding Timmy's board and uh and that was a very difficult board to shape and I would suggest that of the three rounds, you know, the judging was easiest during that one because, you know, Rick rock really nailed it. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Um, I wonder why has he, is he had a lot of experience building boards like that?
0: Uh, You know, I think if you talked to Jason or to Rick or to some other shapers, they would give you a little bit more insight because I'm not a shaper. I hate to sit here and tell you exactly why, but, And there could have been a situation where, um, you know, what happens a lot of times when you're shaping these boards is if you make one mistake with a pass of the planer, or you put some little gouge in and you have to shape that out, you've now shaped out either some of the rocker or you've gone too thin and the nose is just not foiled correctly. Um, you know, so some of that could have taken place. I really don't know, you know? But what was interesting was that, you know, with with like 15 minutes left, they both had to flip the board over and start doing the deep six-channel bottoms. And those channels on that particular board are just super highlighted and accented and very, you know, 90-degree angled. Um, they're not soft channels. These are biting deep, fang-like channels. And um, I think if you took too much, it didn't take enough time to do it or i again I, I can't speak to it exactly i do have the two boards here behind me um the shaped blanks um but whatever i am not exactly sure i just know that i sensed as i was watching the the judging unfold that that it was because there was so much intricacy to this design that led to there being uh, potential for there to be um, a big different, differentiation between the two boards.
1: Um, what about the judging? How did that go, and who is involved in judging?
0: Well, the judging was incredible. Of course, Roger Hines was Timmy's head judge, and Roger does such a great job as a judge. You know, he, he's got notes. He's, he was there you know, weeks before with Timmy, nailing down all the fine points of each shape. And, um, and Roger does a great job of just going down the the list of important parts of the design that need to be hit. You know, there's no, you know, sort of fluffy. Oh, I think this one feels good under my arm. So I'm going to pick that one. It's way more like, dude, here are the numbers. Let's, this is, this is this board. You hit these numbers, you hit this board and Roger's so great at that. And, uh, and of course, Timmy was right there, um, helping him you know get through it and so so uh,
1: timmy's a judge
0: as well oh yeah yeah yeah
1: um goes without saying probably but maybe it can't be overstated as well uh timmy's importance in high performance shortboards uh across the decades and that highlights it perfectly i mean you you say it alone it's like yeah of course he makes etelo's boards etelo wins the world title etelo When's the Olympics riding that board. Um, so he's relevant today, but then you go back and you're like, man, he was relevant 10 years ago. I mean, he was building Pat O'Connell's boards when Pat was on tour. He was relevant back in the nineties. He was relevant back with, I mean, in the eighties even, right. When did he yeah, well, really Christian, start?
0: Oh yeah. No, he was involved in the eighties. He, he had his own little label. Um, I forget the name of it, but of course he, he was the shop Grom at Hobie his dad and his uncles worked at Hobie for decades, so Timmy touches so many generations. You know, there's guys like Rabbit Bartholomew that just absolutely love Timmy. You know, from way back. You know, and then there's there's guys now like Matt Biolas and these other guys contemporaries that are all like Timmy's the guy. And Timmy ran around the shop fixing dings, and I mean, Timmy's been in front of surfboards since literally since day one. Like, you know, his dad probably brought him in. To the shop at six months, you know, to pick up lunch or whatever, you know, and yeah. So, you but know he's like,
1: at the top level of making high performance shortboards, literally, for forty years.
0: Absolutely, to this end, right crazy. now, and it's he, crazy. And yeah, and he's still surfing them. You know, he still gets out there and goes to Tavarua every year and surfs his favorite wave at Cloud Break, and he he's involved. You know.
1: And he doesn't, uh, he's aged very gracefully as well. When you look at him, he doesn't look that much different than he did back in I know.
0: I know, Back in right. those days. And you know what was really cool too? Um, as you know, U.S. Blanks is our primary sponsor and they do such a good job of helping us pull off the icons of foam and the entire boardroom show. But um, in addition to U.S. Blanks, Nixon pre- presented the four semifinalists with these gorgeous and like expensive watches you know like three four hundred dollar gold watches that were really really cool and they were engraved you know timmy patterson icons of foam on the back of the watch and um so pretty stoked on on us blanks and nixon stepping up with um some cool stuff for the semi-finalists you know I heard and each, each of the eight shapers also received a, a pair of commemorative calipers and of you know, some other stuff. But
1: yeah, I heard about that Nixon edition this year, which I think is a great, great idea. So yeah. super, super cool,
0: dude. Yeah. Any
1: sure. other highlights from the show for you?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Peter Mel and Jojo Roper had this really great conversation about big wave surfing, um, where it was going to go, where it's going. Um, of course, they talked some about Peter's mind blowing, you know, wave of the century at best wave ever ridden at Mavericks and um, and they just talked about big wave surfing and the, and the conversation was real. Chris Morrow did a great job of just moderating it and just, it just turned into a conversation between three friends, you know, which was, which was awesome. You know, so they talked about all sorts of, and they, plenty of stories, big wave wipeouts, you know, equipment, what's happening in the future, what they're all riding, what they think is going to happen. So that was a, you know that conversation went on for over an hour you know it was scheduled for 45 minutes and they just kept on having fun you know and that was good and the, the great audience there for that so that was one of the other highlights and then for me personally jock sutherland was there and i'm a huge fan of jock sutherland that guy is just a character you know just a wonderful just one of the many I mean, when you think about surfing, it's got so many characters in it. It's mind-blowing. I mean, when you have Christian Fletcher and Herbie Fletcher and Timmy Patterson and Roger Hines and then Jock Sutherland shows up, you know, and then, you know, I saw Dean Hollingsworth there. I just saw all these guys that just make up this fabric. But Jock, Jock's just a classic, you know. Um, so it was really cool to see Jock Sutherland there. And Jock, of course, went down, sat in the front row of, the big wave talk, you know, and those guys, Peter Mel and Joe, Joe see jock right there. They're super psyched. You know, it was just really cool.
1: Yeah. The attendees every year are worth noting. Yeah. For people like, I wonder, did jock come just for the boardroom show or was he in town?
0: I have no idea to be honest with you. I I did talk with him for a little bit. Um, Somebody told me he might be living in in La Jolla part time, but Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, yeah.
1: But the attendees every year, it's um, there's scheduled, you know, icons of foam guys and Pete Mel scheduled to talk. So there's always that kind of thing. But when Tom Curran shows up on roller skates. Yeah. I mean, like that was a literal story that is just adds so much to the joy of the show, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and you know, when you think about it, roller skates is a good move. Like you just roll really around, is. you don't have to walk. It's a good call, but also, um, you know, there was another guy that showed up and I just had on the tip of my tongue, but anyway, it was a great show.
1: Well, congratulations.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of digging my way out of it. To be honest, I was going
1: to, yeah, I was going to ask how's recovery going.
0: Well, we also had the California gold surf auction and that closed Saturday night. So right now I'm in the middle of administration for that, you know, getting the invoices moved along and getting the boards into the winning bidder's hands. And so um, I'm in that. So I'm a little bit, I'm still kind of dragging to be honest. I also had the flu shot yesterday, which is kind of bringing me down a little bit. Yeah, But I highly recommend people get their flu shot this year.
1: No rest for the wicked.
0: Of Um, note, David, I can tell you that next year's honoree at the boardroom show is going to be Bing Copeland. Perfect. So Bing... Our friend, everyone's friend, great guy, legendary guy, Bing Copeland will be the honoree and you can imagine I mean that the number of surfboards that Bing Copeland has put out, I mean we're going to have fun picking which three those guys decide they decide on and, and which shapers are going to be chosen to try to replicate and honor Bing. So it'll be well, a lot
1: of, a lot of guys have come through his factory as well oh God, uh, who have yeah. gone on to become super famous on their own. And a totally different style of surfboards than were featured this year. Absolutely. it will be cool. Um, final question about the boardroom show related things. How did the dinner go?
0: The dinner was awesome. Okay. It was super great. All yeah. eight people. Although Katie missed the dinner she was surfing and had forgotten about it. No but, way. So there were seven people there oh. with Timmy and his girlfriend Heather. And I stayed for a little bit. And... Um, it was very engaging. Timmy was such a great host. You know, he was there answering questions. He moved around the table. Of course, we had this incredible three-course meal with beer and wine. And um, Chef Aaron made this wonderful, God, the food was just next level. You would have really enjoyed it. The salmon was, oh my God, it was so good. And, um, and yeah, so the dinner was just mind-blowingly good. And of course, all, all eight attendees, all the VIPs, receive one of those first round ELA boards um, as part of the package.
1: Yeah. Super cool. Um, you were, or we were talking about Tom Kern a second ago, by any chance, have you listened to um, Jamie Brissick's podcast that he does for the Surfer's Journal? No. It's called Soundings. Yeah. And uh, he did an interview with, he gets, the best guests of course oh, for, sure. for sure um he did an interview with tom curran a couple of weeks ago and it is just so hilarious to listen to how difficult tom curran is to interview and jamie is so um good at what he does you know well he's a great conversationalist i should yeah. say and he's yeah. articulate and he's got really interesting thoughts um <laughs> and uh so he's doing his best, you know, and he's doing a great job at what he's doing, but Tom just gives him so little and he and Tom are also friends and they've been friends for decades. Yeah. So it's not as if Tom is being cagey or Tom has some agenda. It's just that in the ways that Jamie's a great conversationalist, Tom is absolutely not. <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's actually <laughs> becomes funny to listen to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that the key to interviewing Tom is you need to put something in his hands, like a guitar or some like hand drums or something. If you get some music going with Tom sort of in the background, like, but let him fidget with that. I think you're going to I think some stuff is going to evolve from that.
1: I think they kind of did that. Um, Well, I don't think it was intentional, but there was a moment or two where yeah. Tom did tap into something like that and then just kind of went on a detour and Jamie was wise enough to follow that detour. Yeah. But in other ways um you know France has been such a huge played such a huge role in Tom's life. So you would think all right, I'm going to pull that thread. Here's a couple of questions about France. I'll pull that thread and that'll open up 20 minutes of conversation, right? Well, Jamie says to Tom like well, I know, you know, you started spending a lot of time in France in 1990, whatever. And um, what what drew you there? And Tom goes, well, you know, I, I really like France a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then Jamie's like, I mean, the waves get good. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah yep. here's the, the waves thing. get Good. Here's the thing about France and Tom. Is that it's going to be? Prob- I can't speak for Tom, but as an interviewee, you know, there's a lot of baggage there, you know, with an ex-wife.
1: Oh yeah. With, well,
0: you know, so maybe he's not. Maybe that's not his favorite topic. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just riffing with you. I don't know.
1: Uh, I hear you loud and clear. I do not think that's what <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what step stung right. the conversation. Okay,
0: yeah. um,
1: it's as if tom just has no um no sympathy for the interview well maybe that i well i think he does have interest strangely i think he has no sympathy or understanding for the role of the interviewer yeah you know or what it's just it's really funny actually to listen to
2: um
1: and i just i could hear jamie like really struggling with it but it turns out to be entertaining for a totally different reason than it was intended you know
0: well speaking of tom curran we sold a pat Curran gun saturday oh night my at the california gold surf auction for forty seven thousand dollars
1: are you kidding
0: yeah is that I'm a record kidding. feels like it should be a record <laughs> i need to double check uh, <laughs> yes yes it's a record let's call it seven thousand dollars and Man, you know what's what? that board insane. i mean that board c- could easily be worth a hundred thousand dollars and and you know Ten or fifteen years. I mean, it's it's one of those boards. It's it's holy grail level. Totally. There's only a few of them. Um,
1: that's amazing. I would love to know the backstory of the person who bought it and why and how and all that sort of stuff.
0: No, we don't. We don't divulge any of that.
1: Oh, I know you don't, but I would love to.
0: They don't. Either. Um, you won't. We'll sell it to you. <laughs> sh- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. In fact, you you absolutely will not. <laughs> no, because I'm not selling. I it. wish. <laughs> well,
1: I wish you could, but, um, well, what else? So, uh, what else? Well, I was going to say, speaking of recovery, you're talking about.
0: Yeah. How, yeah.
1: My recovery too is so yeah. challenging, dude. Challenging with a baby. I mean, I mean, traveling with a baby is, uh yeah. I, I am aware that it is difficult. I was fully knew what we were getting into all that kind of stuff, but man, oh man, I'm still recovering from,
0: How was the Uh, flight? How did he he do it on the flight? So on the flight there, he was
1: a perfect little angel. Yeah. (laughs) As he always is. On the flight home, he freaking barfed on us, dude. (laughs) Right. I mean, it was like a classic nightmare scenario. And it was his bedtime. He's really pretty consistent. Falls asleep at seven. So he's falling asleep right at seven. And Had um,
0: Had a full tummy.
1: He absolutely had an overfull tummy, and the kid the kid eats anything that we eat, so we're not worried about the food triggering, um, you know, something like that he's sensitive to. So, but that morning he did have kimchi, fried rice. Uh, He had salami. (laughs) How old is this kid? (laughs) He'll he'll be one at the end. He'll be one at the end of this month. I mean, he loves. Yeah, he eats hummus
0: foie gras
1: <laughs> we i mean we don't have it in the house but if we had it on the plate we would give it to him you know as yeah. long as it's not prohibited by the doctor it's yeah. so like he doesn't eat raw fish right. or honey those are you know prohibited wrong but, with um, honey?
0: Why, is, why honey
1: i don't know something about live cultures or something uh, mm-hmm. i'm not sure mm-hmm. um something about it being raw is what it is uh anyways whatever we're eating he eats yeah. and he likes everything like he really doesn't st- Turn down anything. So maybe it was his diet, maybe it was the travel, maybe we whatever it was. But he doesn't ever vomit either. That's the other thing. Maybe a little spit up over the months, but an actual vomit, I can't even remember the last time. And this was worst case scenario. This was like I I'm lulling him to sleep. He's literally like shuts his eyes. It took like thirty or forty minutes of like calming him down, getting him to whatever. He shuts his eyes. I look at my watch at seven o'clock on the dot. I'm like, wow, this kid is so consistent. I look over at Lauren and I tap my watch quietly just to show her like, look at this guy. He's amazing. And two minutes later, he starts wailing with his eyes closed. Like, what? And I'm like, oh, no. Because I'm always worried about everybody around us, of course, more than I am about him. So as he's wailing, she's like, crap, maybe he pooped. And I, I can't sniff him when he's in his seat, so like I take him out of his seat and I'm not sure. She's like, just hand him to me and I will get up and walk him to the bathroom and check. And he's wailing this whole time. Oh so God. she she stands up and she's in the aisle. Oh my I God. lift him to her. And while he while they're standing in the aisle and kind of <laughs> drawing all the attention because he's wailing, he's just like, and vomits all in her hair, ruins her shirt, soaks her pants. She hands them to me, so then it splashes, so now my pants and my shorts are ruined, and it's literal <laughs> chunks of whole food, chunks of salami in her hair, everything. Oh, my and it, God. And it stinks.
0: Oh, my God. That's total marbling. Total nightmare did the flight scenario. attendants rush to help?
1: Zero, dude. They did not care whatsoever.
0: Really? What airline was this? American. That makes sense.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> thankfully we had we had what we needed. Like we had a uh, tons of wipes, which are better for the job than anything that the uh
0: did anyone else stand up us. and help, or was everyone like head down going to sleep?
1: <laughs> well, everybody was well awake, wide yeah. awake, but they also uh what are they gonna do? They can't help, you know?
0: I don't know, raise your hand and go, Do you need any help?
1: Yeah, no, they did not. Um That's too bad. But we So we had wipes to clean that stuff up. We thankfully each had a change of clothes. So we were able to get changed within five minutes. And um, he was so- calm down? Yeah, he was so exhausted after the wailing and everything that he actually just kind of passed out afterwards for the rest of the flight. So we were able to kind of decompress for the next two hours. Um, But man, oh man, it was not fun.
0: Yeah, I remember. I don't think I ever had anything that gnarly though, but we did take babies- to hawaii a few times
1: um and that's the other thing is just being on a vacation yeah isn't as relaxing with a kid as it used to be without a kid yeah <laughs> literally yeah. i'm i'm on day three of being home now and i'm still trying to catch up on sleep and recover just to get back into our normal stasis Yeah, you know?
0: yeah well welcome to parenthood it's not about guess, you anymore uh, dang it i know a
1: Good run of 40 years
0: though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, Scott Bass, uh neadessentials.com, Needessentials if you're in the USA, um, for all of your wetsuit needs and outerwear needs.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, this morning I was looking at the uh, at the buoys and I noticed a decline, a sharp drop in water temperatures. The, the water temperature on the outer buoys has been hovering around 71, 72, and it got down to 67, 68. And that means one thing. Um, chillier water means a brand new killer full suit for the winter time and Need essentials is my one-stop shop for getting a brand new killer full suit. So um, it's the time of year buy your full suit now before you're frozen and there's no full suits available.
1: Completely. And the inventory uh is fully restocked. So they have um I mean six four threes if you needed it, four three hooded, four three and three two suits, cold water accessories like six millimeter thermal booties, balaclavas, gloves, all of it is fully in stock. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, and then if you're not somewhere with frigid water, I was wearing Neat Essentials board shorts and walking shorts for the last two weeks straight. And uh, those trunks, by the way, I've had for probably two years or so, three or four pairs that I just have that I rotate and they're in perfectly good shape still. So um, great trunks as well for warm water. So go to neatessentialsusa.com. And then you might've saw me swigging this at the beginning of the show. Here's an empty bottle of AG1, but these are great not only supporters of the show, but supporters of our health and vitality.
0: Absolutely. Are you kidding me? AG1 is a massive part of my entire family's diet. We're on the AG1 each and every day. And um, my wife's probably mixing it up right now as I fight off this flu shot. Good. AG1.
1: Yeah, AG1, also known as athleticgreens.com slash surf. I sat down to record with you this morning, and I was feeling a little lethargic. I had recently woken up, and I was like, man, you know what I need right now? AG1, mix that thing, and boom, within two minutes, firing on all cylinders.
0: Well, yeah, Athletic Greens. I mean, it's uh, it's just such a simple way to to be healthy. That's the key.
1: That's what we need, simplicity and efficiency. That's it.
0: Boom. Yeah, so
1: athleticgreens.com surf. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. free. That's linkedinjobs.com/surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, um back to surfing. Yeah. What else has happened since you I've been on? I know the long word.
0: Well, the Van yeah. Pipe Masters um invite show on Stab has there's they're kind of releasing Releasing it in parts, but part one is out, and it announces uh, the CT men and all twenty women who are competing in this thing, and they oh, do wow. a rundown. It's Michael C. with um, with with Rothman, Nathan Fletcher, and Kayla Kennelly, hmm. and they go through uh, you know kind of a breakdown of the event, um, you know, new judging criteria new format uh, who the surfers are going to be and you know it is what it is it's okay it's it gives some insight um basically they're saying from a judging standpoint you know you can take off and do a big air or you can take off and get a big barrel but the best thing is to get both (laughs) on one wave you know okay which i doubt anyone's going to take off and do a big air outside it's just not it's just stupid Totally, but um, you know, maybe they'll surprise us. Now, the men—it's interesting. I think that there's a mistake here because they list the um, some of the men, and they list Crosby Colapinto as a CT surfer, which must be a mistake. It must be Griffin, right? And they just miss, they just screwed up.
1: That must be, or has he qualified through the Challenger Series? And so they're acknowledging his 2023 birth.
0: Maybe, but why wouldn't Griffin be in there?
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> so it's, the CT surfers are John John, Crosby, Jack Robinson, Edalo, Seth Moniz, Baron Mamiya, Gabriel Medina, and Kelly Slater. That's it. From the CT.
1: very notably the yes. number one
0: surfer in
1: the world is not included
0: right and that's no surprise i don't think i, I don't agree think that's a surprise to anyone nor a mistake nor a mistake but um who is a surprise that's missing everyone on here makes tons of sense although the crosby thing i guess is really griffin and they just the editor put in the wrong name it's gotta be
1: that's a good point. Um, but so who's, who's... You said You said Jack Robinson is. Yeah. Kanoa?
0: Kanoa's kind of a big glaring miss here. Not miss, but that's the one where you're like, okay, you know, I could see. I mean, it's kind of... He does well out there.
1: Kanoa um, has made... Two, he's t- made two finals at Pipe. So you yeah. would think that he would be invited.
0: I agree. That's um, kind of a weird one. That's the only yeah. one that's
1: that would be the only weird one. The other one that I would, you know, since they have so many um, spots available, Kyo belly I would offer just because he's always charged out there and he charges big barrels in general. And he's got a wild card element to him where he, he can get tens, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight for him, but if they threw him in there, I think that'd be a good fit.
0: Oh, by the way, I met Kanoa's parents at the boardroom show. They came and, and cruised around and, went out of their way to meet me and say hello that was cool that's super Um, cool so you know the one i don't think owen's qualified so i think owen right but i don't even think owen's on the ct he's not so are there any others that we're missing here miguel pupa yeah he he would be a good one
1: i mean just based on this last year's performances you could make an argument for Miguel Pupo, Sammy Pupo, and Joao Chianca.
0: Yeah, more Miguel, because Miguel's been out there for 15 years or whatever.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, totally.
0: But, um, and then they have the women, you know, and the women, um, I don't, it's a scrolling thing here, so bear, well, <laughs> bear with me.
1: No, that's Oops. fine. Also, though, uh, remind me, do they have an equal number of men and women competing?
0: There's 20 women. Okay. I think there's more men because uh, they did. They gave all 20 women on this episode, and they only gave the C team men.
1: Oh, okay. I think it. So I think there's 60 total competitors. So if there's 20 women, there's 40 men.
0: Yeah. Um, there's equal prize and, money they, they each get 100 grand.
1: Okay. And um, I'm wondering how they're going to run. Men's women men's division versus women's division. You know, yeah, we criticize the di- yeah, I think it should be integrated. Heat, yeah. one heat, one yeah. men's seat, one women's seat And actually, if they're gonna do um what's that called when both heats are in the water at the same time.
0: Yeah, the Kelly Schlater dual format thing dual, where- yeah,
1: yeah, they should actually do that, where there's men and women in the water at the same time. Well, here's so there's no question about who's getting better conditions or anything Right.
0: But here's what's interesting if you mix both those heats, right? is that there's no priority. There's no priority in this contest.
1: Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Which is
0: interesting, right? And, yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. it's kind of cool in a weird yeah. way because at Pipe, it really gives the Hawaiian locals an advantage, I think. Which is cool. Like, totally. I like that. I like that they do. Yep. yep. Um, women, Carissa Moore, Moana Jones, Wong, Coco Ho, Zoe McDougal, Betty Lou Sakura Johnson, Tatiana Weston-Webb, Malia Manuel, Pua DeSoto, Bethany Hamilton, Aileen Vost, Katie Simmers, Sierra Kerr, Tyler Wright, Bella Nalu, Vahini Fiero, Maluhia Kinimaka, and Luana Silver, and Stephanie Gilmore. I didn't hear Aaron Brooks, did I? Nope. Interesting. No, no Aaron Brooks, on that. Okay. Cool. So that's quite a field of women, and it's quite a field of, gosh, I think there's only three CT servers, Stephanie, Tatiana, Carissa. I think that's it. Wow. Um, as far as qualified, you know, qualified for 2023 CT circles that I, but I'm not an expert on who's qualified and who's not, but
1: yeah, I, uh, I gotta say,
0: I'm excited for this contest. I am too. Look, Here, look it's only, it's less than, it's like a month and a half away.
1: When is the window or is it just set?
0: December 8th through the 20th?
1: Okay. Um, I am excited about like, you just reading the female names. It's like a couple of. Uh, actually the majority of them, I have awareness of, and I've seen a couple of highlight moments. And what I've seen makes me feel like they could totally live up to this opportunity. And this is a huge opportunity on the women's side at pipeline. Nobody has really, really like staked the claim certainly Moana Jones Wong has been at the head of our conversation when it comes to pipe in the last two years, because she spends the most time out there and she looks like she's the most comfortable out there. But when a contest is on, none of the females have actually gone out there and gotten like a proper 10 point ride, you know, and not not even close to it, actually. And you know, they've also been given the crappier conditions. So they haven't really had as many opportunities to get those 10 point rides, but we haven't seen somebody paddle out there and absolutely own it. Yeah. Like throw themselves over the ledge, wait for the big one, go deeper, throw themselves over the ledge, navigate a crazy section and get blown out. And this offers that opportunity. And so it really gives a chance for these young girls who all this potential has kind of been pinned on to, go this is wide open they can go carissa hasn't proven that she really wants it in that way stephanie gilmore out there at pipe hasn't proven that she wants it in that way this is a wide open lane for me to just take this thing
0: and i would love to see that happen i agree and a couple things as you mentioned they absolutely have to run intermingled interspersed or co-mingled or however you phrase it heat tool heat so format and then women it cannot be oh this is the day for the women and this is the day for the men that's bullshit that's a fail in my opinion secondly how is this going to affect the ct pipeline masters these girls are going to get some really much needed experience in pretty solid pipe we're anticipating right so the girls of course the ct ones that you mentioned and there'll be a few like molly jones wong Who, I mean, this is just added experience so that when the CT pipe event happens in February, man, they're gonna, they should just have, you know, that much more moxie and experience. And it really kind of gives them an advantage as they go into February's pipe event.
1: It also, I mean, um, the WSL's events, they've tied their own hands with bureaucracy and rules in a lot of ways. And a lot of these rules that exist for the greater good, quote unquote, of the tour, but then those rules get applied to these events like Pipeline, where the rules maybe don't have as much applicability for this type of wave or something. And so I think what we're going to see happen is because the Vans event is a one-off and they're able to operate a little more freely, you'll see these, I think we'll see a really, really good event and we'll see the women get the opportunity to surf great waves, women who aren't on the CT, who are specialists being able to do what they do in the best waves possible. And it's gonna stand in stark contrast as an event to the pipe event, like or to the uh, CT event. Like the CT event probably will be taking cues from this event, whether it is the running of both genders and dual heat format, or whatever, there's going to be some learnings here that hopefully they can then apply because otherwise it just looks archaic. It looks old and tired compared to this, you know?
0: Well, and, and you're right. And one of those cues that they may or may not take is, let's say, for example, this event that's format is a huge success in that guys are getting barreled and they're going, oh, what I also have to do is a massive error here. And we see a lot of that throughout this event. Then we come to February and the CT event are the judges going to be more stoic and traditional and be like, look, this is a, this is a tube ride event. I don't care really what, I mean, yeah, we'll give you a little bit more. Or are they going to go, Hey, the Vans thing they did makes tons of sense. Let's adapt our judging and do it like that, which then doesn't set them apart. They're now just the same as, except more limited. They almost would be better off going. We're purely tube riding. If you want to do errors, go down to Aikai, whatever. I think it would be smarter and I'm just riffing with you. Maybe I'll re, you know, re-examine my take here. I think it'd be better if the CT just stuck to purely tube riding and let vans have this sort of, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I don't want to say experimental, but this new sort of format, this new judging criteria where there's aerials at the end of the way. Otherwise you don't want to be like, Hey, we're, we're, we saw that they were a success and we're just going to copy them. It makes you almost look lesser than if you know what I mean.
1: Totally. It'll be interesting i'm still not sold on the idea of incorporating airs as a major scoring factor in this format anyways yeah. so the wsl might have an easy decision to make there because yeah. this is a forced thing i agree and i don't even understand i mean i guess what i should say is i've been wrong about stabs concepts before most recently with the electric acid surfboard test i thought pairing shapers seemed more novelty than relevant um but it turned out to be a great concept so I think this concept also feels like a forced fit and the wave does not lend itself to airs. And like you said, I don't think we're going to see anybody doing an air out the back. You're absolutely right. Cause it's impossible to do, you know, like there's no version of bottom turning no. a wave and going straight into the lip and hucking into the flats at pipe. That's just not a possibility. No, um, And so the only possibility is to get a big ramp at the air section, or maybe I guess another possibility would be to choose a closeout that you're kind of taking off on the shoulder going into the closeout and then you launch a huge air. And maybe that gets a, you yeah. know, like a Christian Fletcher we've seen do that in the past, obviously the Nathan Fletcher image that made well, the cover of. Surfer's I, would journal.
0: Su- I would suggest to you too, that, it really there's only an opportunity on the left i think if you yeah. try to do that at the end of the back door you're you're i mean it's it's one it's just one foot of water there yeah. so i don't i don't know you know people get hurt in that section
1: that does have kind of a ramp on it sometimes but
0: yeah it is it's too just shallow. so shallow it's stupid shallow but we'll see i mean that doesn't bother these guys they're experts yeah
1: i just i think that the having a conversation around airs as part of their major talking point leading into this event is almost, um, I don't know what the right word is, but it feels like airs have always been scored. Like if you came out of a big barrel and did a big air that gets scored currently.
0: Yeah.
1: So I don't know yeah. what the conversation is. Like, it's not a huge change up unless they actually are well, going they to give it-
0: frame it. They kind of frame it like, There's more to the pipeline masters than just two brides. And let's start showing that and focusing on that and highlighting that. That's kind of how they frame this conversation.
1: Look, I can think of Mason Ho, Eli Hanneman, Baron Mamiya, maybe Jamie O'Brien coming out of a flawless barrel and then hitting the end section and doing a full rotation air. I can think of those three or four people and those have been adequately admired and scored if they were in competition. You know, like that air completely was acknowledged and added to the point total when that happened. So yeah, we get it, Stab and Vans. It is in- impressive and there is an opportunity there and it's rewarded when it happens, I think, right?
0: Yeah, the, I mean, the big question, and you and I talked about this the last time we spoke about this event is, does it mean that an incredible stand-up barrel where you get spit out is only a five because we have to leave five points for some incredible, really you know, mind-blowing aerial that could occur so that we can get to the 10-point total? Or do we go past that? Like no. It just seems odd that one of those guys you mentioned can just stand in a massive tube, come out and do like just a soul archy kick out and not get a 10 that would normally be everyone everyone is in agreement. It's a nine, eight or a 10. And now all of a sudden it's a six.
1: That'd be insane. And I don't think they're, I don't think they would do that. So again, making this a major talking point for them is uh, just strange. It feels disingenuous. It feels like, I don't think the judging is going to shake out that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You nailed it, but we'll see who the judges are and we'll see who the commentators are. And all of that is, is a factor in this too, as far as our entertainment. How much We're totally is. looking forward to it yeah.
1: and by the way stab i mean i had a number of tabs pulled up from their website in the last day or two that i haven't gotten to me too We're- for things that i want to watch which that is yeah. one of them the um how surfers get paid episode three just came out so yeah. i'm looking forward to that the uh no contest is back and i've always liked this no contest series which normally um it's so it's produced by Red Bull, but partnered with STAB. And normally they would do it at CT events in the down days. So it was more of a cultural piece. There was a lot of free surf footage and Ashton Goggins is hosting and he would walk around town and eat at the local restaurant, talk to the local chef, whatever. But it, it was great context building for the event. And it would come out after the event, but it'd be 20 minutes long or something. And it would just give you a great insight into South Africa, you know, and everything that happens around the contest um, for all of us who are not there to kind of be there on the ground. It's a peek behind the curtain in that way. Well, they've revamped the series and they're not beholden to the CT anymore. They're kind of going off the beaten path and going to venues and surf spots that uh, you would want to just travel to essentially. So I forget what the full roster of episodes are. I've I've known that this was in production, so I've kind of been tracking it behind the scenes, but I know they do New York. Um, they're in Italy for this first episode that I have not yet watched. And um, it just, it was always really well done. And I think this opens it up to even more interest and potential than it did when they were beholden to the CT.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. You're right. There's a bunch of stuff here at STAB that, because you and I have been sort of off the grid. We need to now dive into and get into for the next episode of spit. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, They uh, you and I also following up on previous conversation, Donald Brink won Donald Brink and Matt Biolis won the electric acid surfboard test uh, with the board that they made for Mick Fanning, the mixtape Donald wrote a little piece for stab that was released about a week ago. And uh, he does give that playlist of songs that you and I were discussing. Yeah. So um, if you want to go there, you can find it. It has everything from Glenn Fry and the Eagles to Oingo Boingo to Kroongabin to Jim James to Todd Rundgren to the Bodines to Modest Yahoo to Jesus Jones to Depeche Mode to Paul Simon, Joe Cocker, the Four Tops, the Jayhawks. (laughs) So it's pretty eclectic mix.
0: Yeah. Well, um, a great guy, Donald Brink. And you would imagine that he's got a good playlist. It doesn't surprise me at all. By the way, that board was at the, the boardroom show, the winning board. It was in the FCS booth and it was really, believe me, I, I felt it up and down and, uh, it was pretty cool. You think you could know. ride it? I mean, no, <laughs> <laughs> My, you know, it depends someplace with board shorts in the middle yeah. of the afternoon, after a cup of coffee, if I'm in shape, you know, I mean, yeah. I could ride it. I for sure could ride it, but is it something that I could ride on a regular basis around Southern California? Probably not.
1: Right. Um, well, do you have anything else on your notes? I've got a, no, I actually have a hard, out. Sure.
0: I have a hard okay. out because of some stuff that's happening here.
1: Gotcha. Um, let me give you a must-see moment real quick then did yeah. you see that clip that's been kind of going around the various surf accounts of um gabriel medina in indonesia doing that air it's an air reverse and he lands faky and he's like fully standing upright as if he's going to tip over and he just stands upright like he holds it faky for a very long time goes into a bottom turn faky, sees that the waves barreling so actually pulls up into the barrel faky backwards And then spins around in the barrel and comes out of it uh, goofy foot again.
0: I have not seen that, but I I need to see that.
1: It's insane, dude. His comfort and control of his board is absolutely insane.
0: Well, let me say this. I mean, I don't think this is going out on a limb, but based on what I've seen from Gabe Medina, um, he's going to be your world champion next year.
1: I think so too, actually. It's funny you say that. I've seen him hitting the gym. I've yeah, seen the his gym free stuff. serves. The
0: gym stuff it, is what is inspiring me to make that call. It he feels looks like he's focused. taking it seriously. Yeah. He looks like a professional athlete again and not just like, Oh, I'm off getting married and divorced and fucking discoing and blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's like, okay, I've got a trainer. I own a massive gym. That's incredible. Like he, it looks insane. Like he looks legit. And I, I think that's great for everybody. I mean, that's great for Edlo. That's great for all these guys. You know what I mean?
1: I agree. Um, it also made me wonder. I mean, I guess he was off last season because of his injury or he missed the second half of the season because of injury. My thought was how motivated is he to actually get back on tour? I just sent you the clip if you want to watch it. Yeah. How motivated is he? I guess this applies more to John John than it does Gabriel, but how motivated are these guys to actually get back and travel the world and surf crappy beach breaks and wave pools? You know what I mean? Yeah. When they don't have to, they can have a full career without it. Um, but I think he's still got world title interest.
0: Yeah. yeah so. That was incredible. I just watched that. <laughs> that was insane. That just was so, so cool.
1: comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I cool. mean, look, well, like- that-
0: yeah let's just finish up there we we should have some world title discussion at some point in the future here though because I, I've got a lot of thoughts I mean I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if our current world champion Felipe Toledo just has a shocker next week either yeah I wouldn't either
1: uh I got much more to discuss for next week too stuff that I'm getting back on track with and catching up on so yeah we'll have a full We should schedule ninety minutes or two hours next week.
0: Go Padres, bros!
1: I know. Until next time,
0: decked out. Yeah. Until next time. Adios and hello.